Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are Irenacast. I'm Jeff. What's up? What's up? Uh, it's your boy, Alan. I'm Bonnie. It's Casey. Oh, yeah, it's me. Rajiv. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you for joining us for a continuing conversation on Changing Truth, our last episode. Uh, the URL for the show notes for this episode, when it gets on the podcast feed, will be uh, irenacast.com slash 168 live. That's irenacast.com slash 168 live. So we're revisiting our final our final uh, uh, venture into our, our four-part conversation on truth, changing truth. And when we recorded it, it obviously was uh, before everything that's happening right now with the Black Lives Matter movement. And it ended up being um, relevant, eerily relevant, I think. And uh, we talked a lot about embodiment and the, the privilege that, that some of us have in our changing truth. And uh, so we're going to kind of revisit the, the episode. If anyone has anything to share about uh, some thoughts now that you've listened to it, now that we've had some distance from it. And then, of course, those of you that are watching with us live, we will take your questions, comments, and concerns about the, the episode itself. So uh, who wants to get us started? How, what do we think about? Well, let's, let's, let's uh, kind of evaluate the overall truth series first and, and how we thought that went and, uh, and where, how that possibly affected can, can I just say hello to everybody who is joining and watching at the moment and just invite them to comment and we'll be watching the comments. Right, Jeff? From, yes. Uh, yes, of course. Okay, cool. We will Thanks be watching for... the comments. Right, Alan. I also want to be mindful that um, our interpretation of the four-part series we just did is our truth, right? So it's our perspective. <laughs> so I thought I thought it was really wonderful, and I, um, you know, I think one of the joys of us being together, and has always been, even prior to um, Bonnie, Rajiv, and I joining the show, was um, our relationship and hearing from each other and learning from each other. That's sort of what inspired us and encouraged us to do. Um, intersections. And um, I think what brought us into uh, Irenicast was our ability to be in relationship, to to share and to learn from one another. And I really just want to say to Rajiv, your whole thing on friendship um, has like changed my life um, in the way that I, I interact with the people that I care about and the way that I receive love. Um, and so what you shared was a truth for me, a capital T. Um, and I think, and so I appreciate you for that. And, um, and I, I think that there were a lot of things, um, that we shared out, but that really came home to me. And so I just, I want to say thank you for that. Maybe I'll start capitalizing ours Whoa. in truth for, for, Jeeves, <laughs> for or ours to re- remind myself yeah. what is, what is true. And that, that's, yeah, not to just piggyback on Casey, but I'm going to, yeah, Rajiv, thanks for setting it out that way. I mean, the, the nature of what truth is, it's so easy to hide from it, right? Like to yeah. hide from, from truth in general and truth in our own lives because um, it's uncomfortable sometimes. You know, and with the four parts, it's sometimes hard to situate where our, our memories rested. And that was in the episode when we're trying to figure out who tells the truth. Yeah. That's right. And so I, w- I was sharing because, you know, having left fundamentalism, having lost a lot of people that I thought were friends figuring out how to make friends. I was like, you know, I think this, this friendship met 
matrix that I've come up with can actually be a good um, screener before I, I give somebody um, entree into being a truthful influence. And so that's, that's where that came into the conversation. And I, and, and thank you, Casey. Thank you, Alan, for sharing your appreciation. And um, yeah, it's, it's been helpful. And you've also shared that sometimes applying these templates can be complicated. Totally. And I think, um, I think also that uh, there are a lot of people who should go back and listen to that episode right now, because I don't know about all of you, but I've heard a lot of people in terms of talking about Black Lives Matter and confronting um, the sin yeah. that is racism in our country um, coming to me and saying, I'm losing friends left and right. People are unfriending me left and right. Um, and I'm beginning to be like, oh, maybe I wish I would have known this about you much earlier <laughs> in our life together. Mm. Um and so I would encourage anybody who is sort of, you know, in terms of Jeff started the, this by saying, you know, are we going to talk about, um, you know, all that's happening? And I just want to say um, this is a good opportunity for all of us to really look at our values, look at those four R's that Rajiv has invited us to notice in our relationships and ask ourselves some hard questions. Right. Hi, Janelle. Hi, Sayla. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Sayla. I saw that. Sayla. Hi, Janelle. <laughs> It's a, yeah, thanks for shouting out there, Sela. Coast to coast. Yeah. Florida yeah. and California. Okay, come on, Jeff. Make it so that the, the little thing pops up at the bottom <laughs> that Sela <laughs> says hi. Yes. Sela says hi. You know, uh, just noticing us, it's like Jeff looks like he's in the scene of a, rom- a, a rom-com, like a restaurant scene. He's got the beautiful glowing light. I look like I'm in a hostage video. <laughs> like it got this glaring light in my face. That's the light of truth, Rajiv. The yeah. light of what is. The light of day. Gonna Luckily, none us. of us look like we're in a bunker afraid. Hell Not no. yet. <laughs> no. That would be Trump. Trump we're not following you. Sure, yeah. Doing an inspection, making sure everything's uh, okay. <laughs> All right, right. So uh, one thing that we invited just for people who are watching, uh, we're inviting people to share stories of times when they went through truth change, when something big for them that they once believed had changed. And like Bonnie asked us in the episode, what did that feel like for you? Like, can you yeah. even remember like what it was like to hold that kind of cognitive dissonance and to make that decision like, oh, yeah, now this is something I'm going to let go. And this is something I'm going to hold on to. So feel uh, free to put that down in the comments and we'll make sure that we say hi to you and oh my god sorry it's Mona it's Melody so hi Melody hey Melody former founder of Yes, Melody aka Mona Mm. how are you 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 know I think I think collectively we're at a moment where we're going through a a truth change moment right now as we speak. I've heard so many people who are older than me say, um, I have never experienced anything like this where, you know, we woke up four weeks ago, perfectly comfortable with racism. And now (laughs) we are at a place where we're like, not okay anymore. At least, you know, the eyes are being opened up. People's hearts are being opened up. Um, and Black Lives Matter is a is a movement that is taking that's taking the world by right. storm. So um, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time of truth change, or at least perspective change. 
Right. And yeah. I know this is, you know, anecdotal, uh, but when these things have happened in the past, my Facebook feed has been uh, very divided. And although there are still certain elements of it, there are people who are using the hashtag, hashtag Black Lives Matter that I never mm-hmm. would have thought would have right. finally gone in that direction. And I think that there's, there's beginning to see some, uh, like some Joe Osteen directions and Mitt Romney and Mitt Romney, right. <laughs> right. Joe, Joe Osteen. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I Even Robertson was like tearing Trump a new one. Hey, we got to put Cadence up there too, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we got to see her. There we Yay. go. Hi Cadence. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, um, I know, you know, when Pat Roberts is, 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 uh, Robertson is, is doing this thing, it's sort of like, oh, wow, that's like, that's, a, yeah. that's, a, and he's not blaming the gays for the first time, maybe in history. <laughs> and, so then me, and so then, so maybe that's what, like, looking at what it feels like for us as a society to shift truth. Like shines a little bit of light on what it feels like as an individual to shift truth too, and maybe we should be careful about what we how we're using the word truth here. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah totally. the truth is the truth, and there are now people who are opening their eyes to right. to a reality that has just existed and That's been right. there, whether That's you've been right. able to see it or not. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's it's more of a perspective change, but maybe the experience of it is a truth change. Hey, Lisa. Yeah, I agree with you, Bonnie. Hi, Jamie, saying y'all are the best. So glad to see your faces and hearing you at the same time. Yes. Right. I love seeing I, all your faces too. Just want to say that. I wish there was a, a way to pop up those people. I think I personally know Jamie. Mm. But, oh. So, from, yeah. So Shannon just said, my school district is hosting, she's a teacher, by the way, sessions around what we can learn mm-hmm. from each other and what we can do as a district and a community to evolve. Wonderful. That's awesome. And props on your profile pic. That's awesome. And, and yeah. I, I would say white people, it's about to get really uncomfortable. Totally. Stay with it. Stay yep. with it. The more comfortable you get, the more you're actually deconstructing the racism that's inherent in, in each and every one of us. That's right. Because um, I think this white supremacy thing, it, it keeps coming back around. So if we're going to actually put it behind us for real, we're going to have to all be okay with being uncomfortable. That's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I grew up Lutheran, and one of the very first things we do at the start of worship is the confession of sin, right? It's not individual, it's collective. And one of the things that we start by saying is, forgive us for the things done and undone, said and left unsaid. Um, and um, that's always an uncomfortable moment when we when we um, are are struggling to recognize the things that maybe we did not say, but are still things that we were complicit in, or things that we did not do, but still that we were complicit in. Um, and we have to be able, like you said, Bonnie, to sit in those moments um, and and listen and receive and also um, acknowledge how we played a part. It's so important. Yeah. Hi, Courtney. It goes goes back to what you were talking about a little bit when you talked about the difference between like a truth change and a perspective change. And I think that that's one thing uh, we did have a comment from someone in um, the the initial post for the episode uh, from Robin O'Dowd, who talked about, you know, uh, she, she said she may have missed it. Um, 
but she was listening to the series and she wanted to know kind of is or was did we ever define truth? What is truth? And I think that she later clarified she's not asking what truth is like, but the word itself. Like when we say my truth, like what do we really mean when we say that? And I think that a lot of times it starts out as a perspective change that that evolves into something. And I think that we're seeing that obviously, like we're talking about on a societal level, that there has to be a, a shift that kind of takes that perspective change into something that's more of a, you know, maybe maybe when we say my truth, it's something that's embedded into who we are as opposed to something that's in transition and kind of what that means. And I don't think we really honed into that kind of like personal connection when we like and or definition when we say my truth. What what do we mean by that? And uh, I think we danced around it and we kind of got around to it. But, you know, what is our truth and, and how do we how do we define that? So that's what. I'm reading at the moment and digging into pretty hard with Parker J. Palmer and then um, Leticia Nieto um, there. And that's what I was like thinking about in terms of personal uh, exploration and societal exploration, uh, truth being like um, that, that part of us that's like hidden from when we were kids to just to survive, like adding layers of armor around it so that when we're interacting with other people, we're protecting that part of ourselves. That's, that's like so vulnerable and we get really disconnected from like the roles we play and the truth that we're actually holding that undergirds our lives. I know Casey's been talking about that for like years with me. And honestly, it's taken this long for it to just like make its way into my head for, for real. And then thinking about on a societal level, I've heard about, um, I've heard about oppression or racism uh, being described like an article of clothing, maybe it's more like armor. And for those people who are uncomfortable, Bonnie, who are, who are white, who are going yeah. through this process, it's a lot like taking armor off. And mm-hmm. so in that process of doing that, you feel more vulnerable. Um, there's, you know, it, it's a, it's not just a consciousness change. It's also like stepping into the vulnerability of being different and, you know, scheduling listen, listening sh- sessions, Shannon, that's awesome because like even listening to ourselves is really hard, much less yeah. listening to yeah. society as a whole. Right. I think sometimes when we say my truth, we, we um, equate that with something that resonates deep in us. Yeah. And when you have been, you have been um, brought up in, in structures and systems that have privileged you then that resonance can't always be trusted. And I think that's where it begins to be a little complicated. Um, like, how do you ask the questions that you need to ask of the things that seem to resonate deeply within you? Um, and also hold that it, it resonates deeply and therefore has something to offer. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I just think we're in this moment where, you know, how do we, I know in complexity theory, there, there is um, a lot to say about resonance. That takes other people, though. It like does. That, like that resonant thing, the back and yes. forth. Actually discovering what you do believe and who you are. It does. It, you can't do it alone. And that's like the weird paradox of it all is that it takes spaces with other people who are tending to you and giving you enough space and not like infringing on, on your own journey. Uh, one thing that Parker Palmer, uh, there's people who are commenting, so I don't want to take up too much space, but his definition um, of truth that I came across, he says his, my, my working definition of truth is simple through, uh, 
though practicing it is anything but. Truth is an eternal conversation about things that matter, conducted with passion and discipline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Relationship. It sounds like relationship to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Eric yeah. says, you know, my truth equals my core. It's what unique is unique to me. And I think that that's, that's true. I think that that speaks to that, that idea of, of what resonates with us. And I think that what you were saying, Bonnie, which I think is the hardest part is what do we do with that? I think we stop at that's resonates with me. It's my truth there. Instead of just going to that next inevitable question, why does that resonate with me? Yeah. Should it resonate with me? <laughs> and then the, those are the, 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 the tough questions that I think lead us into the changing truth that we established in our conversation in this last episode was gradual and came with very little hardship for some of us. And for others of us, it was the end of the world emotionally, right? Like it was it, we, the, the term bottom dropped out was used a lot in that conversation. And I think that uh, <laughs> the, the way that you worded that really Bonnie, like resonates with me, <laughs> like really, like how do you question what resonates with you? And uh, that's a that's a tough thing. I can't, look at, your so face, I can't look at your face, Casey, because you make me make me laugh like too often, too uh, much. Before you guys answer that, uh, Jamie says, "I've heard you all bring up that in between yeah. in relationship uh, is what matters and um, what makes things true versus being static truth." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like process. Yeah. That is the Jamie I know. Hey, Jamie. It's good. Hi, to- Jamie. She's, she's a great person. Um, yeah, I, you know, the, the idea of truth and isolation is problematic, I think. I, I haven't examined this too carefully. Um, there is, is um, because you, you, can, you can get in this cyclical thinking and what you were talking about, Jeff, where you, you examine, if you're asking yourself, how did I get here? How does this measure up? Et cetera, et cetera. You can just you can really get stuck, and and I think we're seeing this moment where people are forced into, for lack of a better way of putting it, choosing a side, and they're choosing entrenchment versus openness and vulnerability to to reshaping their thought patterns and beliefs. Um. And it's it's painful, you know that process. Even when you're headed in the right direction, the breaking open of of the shit in your past, stuff that you should be letting go of, that's painful too. Yeah. Even though it's the right thing and you're going the right direction, it's it's there's still pain. Yeah, right, and right. if it happens too quickly, you can go back the other way. I think. Yes. At so we all have to too. love each other through this. And treat one another with, you know, grace and patience. I think the other thing to acknowledge is that it, um, this is 400 years, right, of stuff. And a part of being a white person is we're very impatient and we expect things to happen immediately. Um, and and we're going to have to like sit with ourselves. We're going like there is no patient. There is no like getting through this quickly. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and so it, I think, Bonnie, what you're saying is true. Like you have to be prepared for the long haul. This is, this is not something, um, that you're going to dismantle overnight, although it should be. Um, it's going to take 
a lot of confronting, a lot of talking, a lot of building relationships, um, and recognizing that um, this is not just going to happen. You're not just going to magically, you know, be anti-racist tomorrow. You're going to have, you have to do the work just like anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm learning right now about like what I have power over and what I don't have power over. Like, I, I, this is such a weird conversation. This is all new to me. And so I'm like excitedly just grabbing stuff mm-hmm. and learning so much. But there are certain things that I can't change, like that I, that I have to recognize and then grapple with. And there are some things that like I can absolutely change. It takes education and time and flexibility. But like, I, I don't know how to explain that. But there's tapping into the, like the core of, of who you are and recognizing, um, <laughs> there's too much, too much technical language to get into it, but I'm realizing like my role versus who I am mm-hmm. um, versus like, like the status or rank or whatever that's been assigned in different relationships. Um, I think we like confuse all of that sometimes instead of really doing the hard yeah. work of, I know that sounds like a lot of jargon, but um, there's something true there that I'm just starting to learn. And it's, it's exciting for me because it's mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Alan, if it's okay, I'd like to push back a little bit on the way you use that word power. I think part of our um, our work, especially those of us who are religious theological types, is to really think about the way we're using these words. Um, power, when it's equated with control, right? Uh, it could be highly problematic for us. Like, how could we totally. reimagine what power is? Sorry, I threw I threw that out there in the in the sense of uh, beyond inclusion, which is I'm reading right now, and they definitely go to great lengths of defining power being the power with and the power to, not the power over. And yeah. there's this there's this sense that there is a part of you, like really deep down, that is powerful in the sense of being open and vulnerable, being like honest, and um, just like so many different things. And so that's what they use the word power. It you know, in, in that book. And that's why I threw that out there, but you're right. It's doesn't mean the same thing to everyone. Yeah. There's a lot of comments. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Melody. Yeah. Melody's been doing really good work on her page. Someone lifted that up. Was that cat? Yeah. For anyone looking for good work, you can go to Melody's page. Yeah. And it, it sounds like some folks are putting together some, anti-racist conversations within their own contexts. It's wonderful. Right. And then we also, just as a reminder, we did put together, it's prominent on our page as the, the tab. So irenacast.com slash anti-racist. We have a, an ongoing list. The list does have links to other lists, but this list in particular are things that we've put on there that we have all read mm-hmm. or listened to ourselves. So they're, they're, they were integral parts of, of our journey, our continued journey uh, towards anti-racism. So that kind of, um, so if you see other lists, those have been helpful for us, but this list, and it will be an evolving list was something we will be adding uh, as we go through. Um, uh, Lauren writes, mm. is there a point um, where having oh. the tough conversations become more exhausting than they are beneficial? <laughs> I've had several conversations, one with a former pastor and his wife, where they couldn't get past the 
property damage that's occurred during the recent protest. I was just wondering if there's a point where some people refuse to see reality and if it's pointless to engage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Lauren, there, there absolutely comes a point where you're just like, you know, you, nothing anybody else can do can change another person's mind. They have to come to it. That's right. And, and, and then beyond that, there's a balance of, you know, part of, Part of what I think a lot of us try to do is stay in relationship close enough so we can be alongside when the change begins to happen as a cheerleader, a support, possibly a resource, um, somebody who's been through something similar before. But there's also a point where you may need to decide, I, I can't keep that company anymore. Mm. Um, I am tired. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm drained. I'm, I'm mentally, emotionally and spiritually spent. And so you need to just let somebody else you know, tap in and, and try to, try to be there for that person. You know, and with the miracle of Facebook, if at some point down the road, those people come around and want to reach out, they, they know how to get in touch with you. Um, but yes, there are limits and it's okay to have limits. Uh, so can I ask, so I'm going to add to this conversation um, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on echo chambers. Um, when, so I have, like I said, I've been deleting people left and right from Facebook. Very liberating, by the way. Um, and yet there is a sense in me in which I'm concerned that at some point, the only people that I will be talking to are people who think just like I do. Um, and, um, as much as that would decrease my anxiety significantly, um, I don't know if that, I mean, I, I, I wonder what you think of that. Because I agree with Rajiv, if it's not safe or if it feels like uh, like this is just not going anywhere, sure, bye. Well, um, and, yeah, I'm sorry. And and something to guard against is you know kind of a, a an unwitting savior complex, um, and we really want to help. We want to be helpful, but none of us are saviors. Right. Yeah. I I have tr- I try really hard t- to make a practice of not deleting anybody from Facebook. So, um, and it you know I, it doesn't mean that I don't have an echo chamber on Facebook. It's just you know the uh, sooner sometimes people self select and just realize that it's when not they ask me I just happily respond when yeah. they just say for all of you who you know believe that Black Lives Matter just delete me. I'm just doing the kind thing and helping them yeah. out, Bonnie. That's all. Yeah, but I I do think diverse conversations are really important. I even know though, it. Yeah. yeah. To speak to Lauren's point, one thing I found helpful recently is just maybe your work is just to get really clear. That's it. Not to totally. change someone, not to give them advice, not even to connect them with resources, but just to really be clear on like what they're saying and what you're saying. And that's that's been really empowering for me. Like uh, my friend Ruth, who I talk about sometimes because uh, she has a lot to offer. Um, she. She was uh, talking about how some people contact us just because they're looking for someone to confirm their opinion, not to have a conversation, but they frame it as if it's like, hey, let's have a conversation about this. But really, all they want to do is just have someone say yes to what they're saying. They want to share that. And and so thinking through what someone is saying and then responding to them and saying like, hey, it looks like, you know this is the case, but doing it in a very organic and compassionate way can help someone think through like what they're actually going through, what their real questions are. And then I've come to a place with some of my conversations where I'm like, I ask them really direct questions that that are surprising even to me. And then, 
you clear up like what you're actually doing here in your conversation. And sometimes it ends because there there's, there's not a sense of wanting to learn together. So I hear that Lauren, it's, it's a tricky thing. Yeah. And uh, Melody, AKA Mona. Uh, I think we, uh, we need all of our energy and patience to teach, even if it's hard or irritating, it's a culture war. Uh, when we delete people, we burn a bridge forever. Community breaks down. Um, it's a culture war. There, there is some truth to that, but then there's also are people is if if it's hard or irritating, but are they teachable? Do we have teachable moments? And I think that there are sometimes that place where you're like, no, that this is I've reached my end in terms of this. And I think maybe sometimes we've conflated our relationships with people online in versus the real place. Like maybe I do need to engage them, but maybe now I understand that this is not the platform to do it, or this is not the space to do it. Maybe it's as simple as hey. Let's go to coffee. Let's let's talk this out. Clearly, we're we're airing this out in in a realm that's not there, and that, that depends upon where your relationship is with that person uh, as well. So, I think that that to to think that the teaching has to happen online, that we we have to post this, we have to put there. I don't think that that's necessarily um, an avenue too. I think that, that that's the beauty of it is that we have these other avenues to be able to connect with people, but we uh, we don't. Um, well, you know. I see I see David's um, comment, but I want to stick with that other one for a sec. I think to me that the culture war smacks of a conservative right wing talking point. <laughs> and I'm not sure I want to take that. Yeah, right. I agree. Um, and, and the other part, as far as the teaching thing, I, that to me also feels like it's colonial, colonialistic in, in a sense. So I think when, when we when we see ourselves that way, we've got to be really careful how, how we view ourselves. Again, none of us are saviors. None of us should think of ourselves as saviors. That's right. Um, we all have different roles to play in different people's lives. And for some, it's my Facebook page is completely safe. So if you, you know, I have like already gone through and weeded out the folks who aren't, aren't um, going to be safe to hang out with. And so knowing that can be really helpful to people. And others, and I'm not saying about that, uh, that about mine personally, but some people playing that role is important. And other people, you know, say, if you come to mine, you're going to see a whole lot of back and forth. So we all have different roles to play in this. And and they're all super important. Mm -hmm. And I think going back to Lauren's question, we need to figure out what's safe for us to exactly. make a difference. And I think that there's that line between pushing ourselves and doing that hard work and overextending ourselves and, you know, getting exhausted in the process. I think we even had, we had an episode way back when about uh, doing justice work and how tiring it is and where do you leave room for rest and space? And, but I mean, that's a whole nother uh, subject. Um, and, and one more thing real quick, if you're feeling really tired, it may be that you knew it's your best, your time is best spent in a listening, receiving posture, not jumping to the teaching ooh, posture. Ooh. I want to hear that again. That's so good. All of us, if, if you're really tired, it hmm. could be that the universe is telling you just sit this sit at people's feet for a while and let the yeah. teachers do the other teachers do the teaching. All yeah. right, we'll we'll go to another this is great. We're getting like all kinds of comments and, yeah. and stuff. But let's just hit so, David's though. 
that came up again. Right? <laughs> well, just before we move on from this particular point, there's just a couple things. Uh, Melody responds with, we are all teachers all the time. A good teacher is the opposite of a savior. Um, mm. And then we have uh, Lisa Butler says, I know my posts irritate some people, but once in a while there's a moment our conflict is helpful. Some people don't have many friends that don't echo their own beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Gloria, thank you for joining us. Uh, her two cents, she literally put two cents on there. Thank mm-hmm. you. For that. That's great. Uh, I never advocate for people to stay in talk toxic relationship. So if you mm-hmm. are toxic to me or my friends, then you have to go. And I think that that's also a good point as well. Such great wisdom. So, met, Thank I you met, all. I met a uh, Gloria on the, the street in Reading recently uh, oh, protesting. Cool. Yeah. And was, it was awesome. I, I'm with you on that, Gloria. That's the only time sure. I've ever deleted somebody from social media is when a friend is feeling unsafe. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to hear from David. So David says, how can those of us who are LGBT utilize our queerness to counter racism while not using it as a prophylactic to avoid taking responsibility for our whiteness? Wow. Yeah. So uh, first of all, this is uh, the 51st uh, year since uh, the Stonewall riots that were uh, started by black trans women um, who spent five days rioting um, and burning shit to the ground. Um, And I think that it's important for us to understand that the very first thing that we as uh, LGBT people, queer people can do is acknowledge our part in the racism in our own community, especially uh, cisgendered white gay men. We have a lot a lot to atone for and how we have treated queer folks of color. Um, and so I think that's really, that's like a starting place. Uh, the the next thing to do would be, I think um, to acknowledge that this is um, liberation is all of our fight, I think. And, um, and yes. I believe that the world will not, cannot be safe until uh, black trans women of color are safe when they feel like they can walk down the street and not be worried about being beat by the police or killed by some random ass person. Um, when that day comes, then we'll know we've arrived somewhere. Um, but we have a lot of work to do. And so as queer allies to the Black Lives Matter movement, as, as a gay, a gay cisgendered man, it is my responsibility to look out for my trans women of color, um, to hear their stories and to, to do everything I can to work for their safety and for their, like, economic stability right they uh, there's a list of things mm-hmm. but i think that, that those are places where i would start this touches on my my learning right now you were, you said oppression like fighting oppression is for everybody and i think that's absolutely right oppression does flow like one way i mean it overvalues one person this is something i'm learning right now it overvalues one person rajiv tried to teach me this years ago and i'm sorry it took me a couple years to learn this but it the in oppression, one like one side is overvalued and one side is undervalued. That's just the way that it works. And in that process, it dehumanizes everybody. It dehumanizes the person who is overvalued and it dehumanizes the, the person who is undervalued. And so I just wanted to jump on that, Casey. You said like undoing oppression and fighting it and resisting it is the work of everybody. And I just yeah. want to say like, that's exactly right. And I, I'm learning that now in a new way. Yeah. Right. 
Well, I think that when we're we're looking at everything that's happening right now, there's um, you know, unfortunately, this is is gotten to a place where you know this isn't just about George Floyd, but about many people who have been um, that. So we encourage everyone to. You know, part of that learning is, is you know, know the names of people that are the victims of this oppression that have gone on. And if you, uh, yeah. you know, see the comments, um, uh, Sam, thank you for bringing our attention to, uh, oops, uh, Sam, thank you for bringing our attention to Elijah McLean. What we'll do in the show notes yep. at irenicast.com slash uh, 168 live, we'll put uh, a couple links to articles and, and videos about Elijah McCain. Uh, or McLean, I apologize, uh, to just let people know that there, there are other names and other people who are being forgotten that have so suffered the same yeah. fate. Thanks, Sam. I'll check it out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I heard someone say if you've used the, the word like Target or Macy's more than Breonna Taylor in this last week, like that's something to really think about. Absolutely. Like, yeah, that's something to hear. And if you're listening to this on the podcast and you want to come and see some of the, the comments that we've done that, you can always come to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash irenicast, and you can see some of the links and comments that we've had in this particular conversation. And that will be in the, sh- the that link will be in the show notes as well. If you're, you're listening this after the fact and, uh, Richard, thank you for chiming in. Uh, well said Casey as an LGBT cis man myself, I could not have said it better. So thank you. Nice. Casey's the best. Thank you, Richard. Nice. Yeah. What Thanks, one thing we guys. talked about on the episode that I'm still just really thinking of is I want to hear what what it feels like for people who are changing, who are mm-hmm. in the midst of it right now, or if you've if you've uh, had that significant change in your life, what was that like for you? Bonnie asked it, and it's just ringing around my head. Like, what does that experience feel like? And maybe like actually looking at that, you can lean into it a little more. And something and- like you said, bottoms fall out or something. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Yeah, I was just it, quoting. <laughs> right. Yeah. One thing we talked about in the episode that came up was just um, one thing I was noticing is like the truth change for folks uh, who maybe don't have as much to lose or something like that, or um, I don't know, where it's less about my body and my person when a truth is, it's been, you know, the truth change is moving from a place that was already benefiting me that change is slow. <laughs> like I'm less, I'm less uh, quick. And it's Jeff said a slow burn in the episode. This is something we learn over time, but for some folks it's immediate and huge and world changing. And so that was a, that was an interesting point that came up in the episode. Well, yeah. And you know, there's, there's things, Bonnie and I have had some conversations about this in, in different layers of it. And one of the things that we've encountered is when um, in in this case, in this instance, it's, it's white parents are like, well, our kids are too young. We don't want to talk to them about mm. fill in the blank. And then it's like, oh man, and for us, that feels really difficult because, you know, our kids are obviously not white. Um, and, and we've, you know, I've had to talk about police and conduct and so on from when they were really little. Um, so to, I don't know. It, it, it's just one of those things like, okay, how come your kids get to not yeah. be aware and my kids actually have to worry about being harmed unjustly from as like right away when they were able to go to a friend's house. Yeah. One uh, one of my members, she um she just bought a bunch of children's books to read to her four year old, um, 
to talking about race. Like, and I was just so proud of her. And one of the things that we were talking about was how she's heard other parents say um, things like, um, well, I just, I don't know how to talk to my kids about this because I want to protect their innocence. And, and, and mm-hmm. I want to say, let's talk about the privilege to even acknowledge, to say that um, there are some kids in the world whose innocence are robbed from them immediately because, he, because they grew up in a world where um, they learn very early that the police are not their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that, yeah. And that, but that's not the world that we're working for where parents have to, um, be worried about talking to their kids. Right. So it's like, how do we hold both? Right. right uh, yeah. The world where, um, kids don't need to be afraid of, of the police or afraid of anybody. And also the reality that we're currently in, which is you do have to prepare your kids for, for what right. is. That's right. Yeah. And with kids, I mean, ra- we, none of us are born racist. I think that's the most important thing for us to know as parents. Yeah. None of us are born racist. So then while they're in our care <laughs> during those years, whatever influence we can have on them um, to help them grow up and not become racist adults, let's do that. Rajiv and I have actually taught a couple of um, workshops on that, how to talk to young children about race. Maybe we should bring that back at some point, Rajiv. Oh, we've been talking about it, so yeah. I think I think maybe the times times here. Right. But that's why like the social and individual are all connected. Because if there is that place in us that is like proto, that is that is still there, that has the armor or the conditioning or whatever's on top of it, with enough listening and enough time and enough friends to be around you, you can access that place, and it can be extremely transformative to tap back into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but our society doesn't make space for each other. Let's like, how? When's the last time you had a, a handful of adults like listening to you, like open ended, actually process your stuff out loud? Doesn't happen very often, unless right. you're on Irenicast and your friends right. hang out with <laughs> you all the time. <laughs> uh, Alan, going back to the the question you initially asked, uh, Janelle responded. I think I said it in episode comments, but I've had both experiences: the slow burn and the bottom falling out. Uh, change in belief system is a slow burn recognition of my actual identity has been, has been happening all at once. Mm. We're with you, Janelle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, this was, this was good. Like, thank you for everyone that came on. Like this is the most like same viewers we've had. I mean, we've been trying to create some consistency with these and, uh, we, we did decide as a team that we're going to continue on with the continuing conversation and we're going to take it as we go. So uh, you can participate, obviously, by joining us live on the Monday after every episode posts or if you're listening to this on the podcast feed the Wednesday after. Uh, please, uh, if you listen to an episode, you want to send in your comments ahead of time. If you know you can't make it to a live, we'll, we'll address it uh, on here as well. So um, and thank if- you. Yes, thank you. And if you're watching this after it's been live uh, and you're rewatching it, feel free to post your your story of change. Like we want to hear stories of people who have changed their mind or gone through growth. Uh, go ahead and leave that as a comment, and I'll I'll interact with it. Definitely. You can leave it as a comment, or there is also the option of if you want to be on the show, you can record your story and send it in to us. You can email it to us at podcast at irenicast.com, and uh, you can just e- email that audio file, and we'll hopefully find a place for for it, uh, you know, assuming 
you know. Well, maybe even if it's just yeah, a, a Miss you, Joey. Post, we'll put it on because just for fun. Yeah. But good to uh, see you, Joey. We we do want to make sure that we get all of uh, your voices in there because we really do believe that the what we're doing with the show is is a conversation, and we want the conversation to continue. We want the conversation to be sparked outside of the five of us to all of those. Uh, all of all of you who are are listening and right now watching. So thank you so much for uh, joining us. And, and quick um, quick response to Joey's post there. Uh, hashtag break up with white Jesus. Yeah. Hashtag break up with white Jesus. And for, yes. the, for those of you that are just listening, uh, Joey said, I have found that there has been a correlation of deconstruction from religious trauma and this ideology surrounding race and privilege just going to keep processing. That's all we can do sometimes. White supremacy and evangelical Christianity go together. Someone someone was actually uh, had tweeted, I wish there were more conversations about decoupling white supremacy and Christianity, or at least like talking about how they're related. And someone uh, had commented, I think there's a podcast for that and tagged us. Not that we're the ones doing all that work, but it was really sweet. So thank you for uh, mentioning us. Yeah, that is something that we're actually working really hard on, not just not just on the show, but behind the scenes and in some conversations with each other. It's something that that we're interested in and are working to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Thank take you, care, everybody. Take care of yourselves, people. There's, there's a lot going on. Be good to yourselves. Yeah. Wine and vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> tacos. Stay hydrated. Yeah, tacos. <laughs> Vegetable garden. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Actually, just, yeah, uh, Melody, thank you for showing us your vegetable garden the other day. Uh, it was healing for me. Mm. Just to uh, address oh, real quick, yeah. Sarah says, can you guys post that question in the comments or repeat it? Uh, the one you want responses on, I'll stay tuned in. I just tuned in and was curious. Uh, we're, we will, that's actually a good idea for the future. We're still learning this platform, so we can type stuff in in the future. So we'll, we'll make sure that we have that going on. Um, there, oh, we but could feel free to question. What's that? Alan, repeat the question for Sarah. Yeah. The, the question was, um, well, it's an invitation, an invitation to tell stories of times where you went through change, truth change, where you've learned something new, you've let go of something old and what it felt like for you. So we'll we'll comment that and stick it to the top of of the Facebook post. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Cool. So then uh, for this week, we're going to end our continuing conversation. Again, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you like the work that we do here, you can always donate. We are a nonprofit organization. You can donate at iranicast.com slash PayPal. And uh, we thank you for all of the donors that we do have right now. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, feel free to add to the pile. Well, yeah, the pile. <laughs> pile the right the the pile. That is we, we, appre- oh we appreciate it so much. We, oh we appreciate gosh. it. We do. Everyone, thank you. Means so a lot. Much. Uh, so, for this continuing conversation, I'm Jeff. It's your boy, Alan. This is Bonnie. This is Casey. Peace, love, and hugs. This is Rajiv. Thanks for continuing the conversation. Mm-hmm.